You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, Be'ezras Hashem, we're going to be beginning a new series of shirim, and this series of shirim is going to be entitled Rabbi Nachman and the Possibility of Joy. Now, just to return back to where we became, where we began from, we ended the series of shirim on anxiety a little bit prematurely, primarily because of my own personal reasons, that when thinking about the statement in L'Chadodi of Rav Lach Sheves Yemekabacha, that it's been too long that you've sat in the Valley of Tears, and it's time for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be compassionate upon us, there's a certain element that by spending too much time talking about the hither side of human experience, talking about the difficulties of human experience, in particular the expression of anxiety and all of its multifaceted ways that we discussed, whether it be anticipation over the future, or that unknown doubtful nature of experience that cuts through every moment of our lives with a certain uncertainty. Either way you look at the nature of anxiety, what it does is it provokes the self to encounter its true feelings at its depth, which is that one is uncomfortable and that being uncomfortable is not necessarily a surprising response to the world, because as we spoke about, the world itself is an incubator for discomfort on a certain level, that this world is in polar opposition to what the neshama wants. And like we know from the Zohar HaKadosh, in the words of the Said Yisharim's parish on the Zohar, Tiferes HaChanochi, that one of the voices, one of those echoes that are heard in an unheard sound within the heart of each and every individual is that cry, that primal screams that emerges at the moment of birth. And unsurprisingly, the tzaddikim of Ishbitz and Radzin find the scream not emanating from the pain of the mother, but rather the pain of the soul that is being yoreed down into this world. Because this world is a place of difficulty. This world is a place of beauty. This world is a place of spiritual growth. This world is a place of nachas and all sorts of positive experiences. But our tzaddikim, or at least a certain thread of our tzaddikim, and as we're going to see, Rabbi Nachman rests at the top of this system, there were a number of tzaddikim who understood that the basis or the baseline of the power of the Baal Shem Tov's Torah was to understand that this world is a frightening place, that this world is a scary place. And like we said, that the Iker Chiddush of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh was mi besari that like the Pasuk in Eov says, that it is through my flesh I shall, become, I shall behold God. The tzaddikim of Ishbitz and Radzin tell us that mi besari, my basar, my flesh, 
is the nakuda of chisaron in my life. It's that place of lack in my life. It's that place of difficulty and all of those different elements that constitute human subjectivity and its post-lapsarian form, all of those are contained within the subset and the category of besari, my flesh, which means that one of the elements of Hasidus is that it is specifically through the encounter with the phenomenological experience of a subject that is always already cast into a battle like the Ramchal says at the beginning of Mesil Sisharim, and it is specifically out of that afterwardness, out of that already having fallen into difficulty, that we're meant to uncover God and encounter God. Not as a Bidyevid, not as some secondary, symptomatic, failed type of religious experience, but rather as the essential constitutive element of what it means to be a human being, that our job down here is to reveal the light in a place of darkness. Had HaKadosh Baruch Hu only wanted light to be revealed in a place of light, then there would have been no purpose for the creation of human beings. Malachim would have been enough. The creation of human beings was to be able to carry out the mission that the Malachim are incapable of doing, which is to uncover the reservoirs of potent light, that Or HaGonos, that concealed light that is hidden away from the beginning of creation, to uncover it specifically in the nether realms, to uncover it specifically within the lowest possible expression of existence, wherein the infinitude and the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu can still be accessible without negating difficulty and Bechira. Our tzaddikim had different ways of expressing this limit point, this difficult boundary where human beings experience what we ex described as anxiety. The Baal HaTanya in the 36th chapter of Tanya refers to it as the Chosha HaKaful Umechupa, the darkness that has doubled over itself. Meaning to say that even when I penetrate through that first veil of darkness in this world, hoping to find the light of experience that I have been promised is to be found there, I am surprised when I find another layer of darkness. And instead of turning away ashen face in the face of that despondency that grows and blocks out the glimmer of light of this world, a Jewish soul is meant to force itself even deeper through that second layer of darkness, to pierce it and to reveal that there is a hidden light that exists within the very reservoirs of darkness itself. Or as Rabbi Nachman describes, as we're going to see, that there is a hester, there is concealment in this world, and then there is something called hastara shebetoicha hastara, a concealment that is surrounded by another layer of concealment. So that just like we found by the Balatanya, when I penetrate and I reveal the true nature of that concealment, what I hope to find is light, but nevertheless, I'm forced to encounter once again that layer of concealment that rests underneath concealment. So the very nature, the very fabric of existence, of olam hazeh, which comes from the lesson of he'elem, which comes from the language of concealment, something that is hidden away, is to encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the darkness of the night. In the darkness of the night where things are difficult and frightening and not easy, because our job is to find HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a place of amelus. But focusing too much on the negative characteristics of this experience and focusing on the anxiety, which in spite of the fact that anxiety creates infinite opportunities of renewed faith, the ultimate goal of confronting anxiety, the ultimate goal of dealing with those whispers and murmurs that awaken the heart in the middle of the night is to come to a place where we recognize that ultimately 
the singular choice that a person can make in each and every moment when they truly allow their minds to focus in on the present moment. When we're able to say like the Zohar Kadosh says and Rabbi Nachman of Breslov describes in the sixth teaching, Eheke, the name that Moshe Rabbeinu redeemed the Jewish people out of the existential confines of exile, Eheke, I will be a future orientation, a recognition that even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not here right now in my life, nevertheless, I am aware and deeply certain that he will be present in my life. And when a person confronts each and every moment of their lives with that consciousness of Eheke, I will be, the Zohar HaKadosh describes it as follows, Ana zamin I am prepared to be. Ana zamin when a person comes to the limit of existential anxiety, when a person reaches the outer corners, the edges of darkness, the only thing that remains is this promise of the capacity to say, Ana zamin I am prepared to be. And it is this very place that Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, Rabbi Nachman ben Fega, Rabbi Nachman, the son of Simcha, Rabbi Nachman, the great grandson of the Balshem Tov HaKadosh, who came along to renew the light of the Baal Shem Tov, and not only renew the light of the Baal Shem Tov, but to reveal an element of the light of the Baal Shem Tov that the Baal Shem Tov himself wasn't capable of revealing, as the Tzaddik Rav Yitzchak Maya Morgenstern and all of the Tzaddikim of Breslov point out, that it was Rabbi Nachman's avoda to come and to not only speak to his generation, but to speak to our generation as well, as that echo of that reverberating scream that Rabbi Nassim describes so often, Rabbeinu Sha'ag Kol Gadol, Rabbeinu screamed out in a very, very strong voice, almost as if trying to imprint the echo of that unshakable voice within the annals of history to allow generations so far removed from that tzaddik, from the light of that tzaddik, to still be able to hear with our inner ear that sound the Zohar HaKadosh describes as Kala Panima Deloi that inner voice that can't really be heard unless one attunes themselves in a form of sacred attunement to listen to those echoes that reverberate from Harsinai of ancient Yeyush Ba'olam Klal, there's no despair in this world whatsoever. And it's specifically Rabbi Nachman who comes to teach us that yes, anxiety abides. Yes, darkness abides. Yes, concealment abides. But a person can make a choice. They can either focus on the negative, they can choose to focus on the darkness, they can choose to be mitmodeid and confront anxiety and difficulty and brokenness and say, even though things are broken, I can still find residual elements of meaning, etc. And I can still create my edifice of spirituality in the loss of meaning. That's one mahalach. But comes along Rabbi Nachman and says, Adarabba, a person needs to confront this worldliness and they need to choose simcha. The only word that is necessary for a person to follow the path of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov is to understand simcha, joy, happiness, whatever failed English translation we can apply to that potent word, simcha. That is the goal of what Rabbi Nachman is trying to give to us. That is the promise that Rabbi Nachman gives to us. That I promise you, if you follow my path, says Rabbi Nachman, you will come to find the possibility of simcha. But as we're going to see, and as it's obvious to anybody who learns the writings of Rabbi Nachman, simcha is not a given. Joy is not a simple thing. Because in fact, as Rabbi Nachman is very well aware, and he informs us time after time, 
this world and all of its expressions is in fact the polar opposite of Simcha. Simcha is not a given in this world, rather Simcha is a miracle in this world. For a person to be able to find joy in this world that seems to fight against joy at every step of the way, for a person to find the mindful awareness that Yishuv Hadas that Rabbi Nachman describes as being contingent on happiness, that without happiness, without joy, a person has no access to Yishuv Hadas. This world is the polar opposite of that. This world fights against us. The menios in this world, the preventions in this world, the interruptions in this world. And again, for Rabbi Nachman, we have to follow the lines of the Zohar Kadush, as Rabbi Nachman describes in the first teaching in Sichos Haran, that all spiritual experiences from all the way to the loftiest realm of our personal grasp of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, down to the lowest realm of our engagement with the base and abject experience of the Eight Sahara, each and every person needs to attune themselves to their own subjective experience. This is an introduction that we've said over and over, and it's an introduction that needs to be said over and over, that each and every person is a world unto themselves. And each and every person holds within themselves a site of objectivity, the mind which is able to rationally and cognitively make declarations and assessments of what is in front of oneself. And each and every person has a lave, each and every person has a heart. And the job we're told by all of our tzaddikim is to draw down that objective knowledge of presence, of mindfulness, of the reality of all things down into the subjective heart. Because while it is difficult sometimes to open oneself up to objective truths, what's even more difficult is to break through the ironclad barriers that cover over the site of our own most subjectivity. That the lave is the site of the battle. The lave is the site of simcha. Natata simcha belibi. Hashem, you have placed joy within my heart. The lave is the place of yeyush. The lave is the place of the confrontation between my emotional subjective responses to this world and my intense desire to find a place within this world, to create a place for me to find Hashem. And our job is to draw simcha down from the moach into the heart. And each and every person has their own subjective experience with such a thing. All of us have our levha even. All of us have our hearts of stone. All of us have those calluses and those layers of defense mechanisms that have covered over our hearts over time because we've been disappointed and because we haven't been able to find the things we want and because our expectations have not been met. And because not only have we upset others, but we've upset ourselves and we don't love ourselves, and therefore we can't find the love of others in our own minds. It's specifically that lave, that source of bilbul, which is a doubled language of lave, balbal, bilbul, confusion, pizor hanefesh. It's specifically in that heart of hearts that we're meant to encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when Amir Achman says that in the future, everybody will be best love, every person is going to be best love, it doesn't mean that everybody is going to look like a breast lover. It doesn't even mean that everybody will know who Rabbi Nachman or Rabbi Nassim was. What it means, as the Talmidim say, is that breast love is the same osios as Lev Basar, that breast love is the letters of a heart of flesh, that the goal of Rabbi Nachman was to tell us that there's going to come a future time when your hearts are going to be hearts of stone. And the thing that those stone walls are going to block out is the possibility of simcha. But the Nachal Nevea Mekor Chachma, that stream of life-giving waters that emerges out of Gan Eden, 
from that ancient world of Atika Stima'a, those waters come to irrigate the stones of the heart and to eventually break through the stones of that heart so that we can reveal within ourselves that Lev Basar, that site of subjective human experience with peacefulness, with ni'imus, with calmness, and with a settled mind, we're able to say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I can find Simcha here. Now, Rabbi Nachman declared very clearly that there was no need for complications. There's no need for hakiros. There's no need for losing oneself in the intellectual gymnastics or exercises of trying to understand the source of Simcha, which Svira Simcha is rooted in and which parts of and what the Arizal said about Simcha. But rather the Iker is to be Mahalich Betmimus, Ubepshitus, that the main thing is to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with a simplicity and a Tamimus with a wholeheartedness. But what's very important to understand about Rabbi Nachman also, at least as I understand the words of this tzaddik through the words of our living tzaddikim, is that while Rabbi Nachman demanded Tamimus from us, while Rabbi Nachman demanded a simplicity in the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it wasn't because we were not meant to contemplate the depths of the matter. It wasn't because we weren't allowed to penetrate into the difficult crevices of this world and into those intellectual antinomies and those kushios, those existential questions that rest at the heart of human experience, which throw a deep shade onto even the possibility of simcha, as any human being with eyes open can understand, that simcha is a near impossibility when one looks at the external world. Rabbi Nachman was not teaching us to blind ourselves to the complications of this world. Rabbi Nachman was telling us that when all is said and done, after a person goes through all of the various complications, the infinite complications, when a person contemplates every single prat, every particular and the particular of the particulars, and gazes into that abyss, gazes into that place, as Rabbi Nachman teaches us that when Moshe Rabbeinu sees Rabbi Akiva suffering the deepest form of suffering, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Is this the Torah and its reward? And what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Rabbi Akiva, is, that encounter that we have with the unspoken silence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence, impossible presence within the Halal HaPanui itself, we are meant to engage with that. We are meant to descend into that. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in Lukuta Maran itself. The proof is in the writings of Rabbi Nassim. The proof is in the writings of the Arizal, in the writings of the Baal Shem Tov, in the writings of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and in the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, and all of the Tzadikah Hadoros. So clearly the answer is not to be naive and to blind ourselves from the complications of what it means to be a human being, but rather what Rabbi Nachman was telling us is that Hevra, I've been there. I have gone down that path. I have examined every stone and I have left nothing uncovered. I have descended into the depths of the sea and I have ascended to the heart of Shamayim. I have gone to the top of the mountains and to the depths of the woods and to the breezes of the meadows. I have gone up to Shamayim and I've been Yoyred Adat Tahoim. I've been to Gehenim and I've been to Gan Eden. And all I can tell you is, Chevra, be happy. That's the only answer to any of this. The only possible way forward is to compel oneself to be happy to force oneself into happiness, to force oneself into pshitus, to force oneself to encounter a second naivete that emerges specifically after all of the complications when a person is forced into that crossroads and with their eyes wide open, realizing what they've seen, 
the nightmare of reality, the nightmare of the moment-to-moment -moment experience that this history has described for us, as the Leshem points out, as all of our tzaddik can point out. The only step forward, the only true nekuda of Bechira that a person has at that point is to be Bechir Besimcha, is to choose to find joy in this world. Ah, the joy is not easy. The joy feels unreal. The joy feels compulsive. The joy feels fake. Doesn't make a difference, says Rabbeinu. The main thing is to force oneself to be joyous, to act as if you're joyous, as we're going to see throughout all of the shirim. Ad Kedekach, the Rabbi Nachman says, act like a madman. Act like a mad person. Act like someone who has absolutely no conception of what human life is. Dance with abandonment in the street. And I don't think necessarily that it means dance in the street. Adarabah, that's wonderful also. The Jewish people need such a thing. The world needs such a thing. But I think it means also to dance in the street of one's mind. When one's mind wants to fill them with tears and fear and sabrachinkeit and difficulty, to force oneself to dance within the mind. Like we learned about when we spoke about the seventh beggar, the legless beggar, to learn how to dance with our feet sturdily on the ground, to learn how to balance ourselves in thin air. That when a person confronts the deep recognition that this world is suspended on absolute nothingness, the only thing to do then is to dance in the air. And that is the revelation of Mashiach Tzidkenu, of the true dancing servant of David Malka Mashiach, who understood how difficult it was to find joy in this world, who understood the darkness of this world. Though our tzaddikim have told us, like to walk around the perimeter of hell in order to experience meaninglessness. Yet nevertheless, he compelled himself, like we find in Sifrei Tehillim, to be joyous in spite of it all, to find joy in spite of everything, to open up the possibility of joy. And while we're not going to open ourselves up to what joy means in the writings of Rabbi Nachman, what we can look at on a certain level is that Rabbi Nachman was very well aware of this. Rabbi Nachman was aware that I am telling you, you have to be simple about joy. You have to simply act as if, compel yourself to find joy in this world, compel yourself to look at each moment and say, this is enough. What I have right now in my heart, in my head, with my body, it's enough. I'm no longer operating from a perspective of lack and privation and deficiency, but I am satisfied. As Chazal have told us, the paradoxical notion of Ezehu Ashir, who is a rich person, Hasameach Bechelko, somebody who finds joy with their part. Now, a part always implies that something is missing. It always implies that something is always already broken. Yet, nevertheless, Chazal are teaching us the deep secret of Yiddish joy. The joy that says that if I try and get everything, if I try and reach perfection for the sake of being happy, then I'll be miserable my entire life. And I'll chase invisible demons all the way to the end of my life and I'll find myself empty-handed. But if I stop running, and if I realize that the compulsion to do more and more is simply of my own imagination and my own wonderings and my own fantasies, and I can sturdy myself and be miyashev myself, settle myself, as Rabbi Nachman uses that language so often. And in that moment, the person can close their eyes, connect their mind to their hearts and say, I am prepared to be, I am here right now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That is the site of Simcha. A satisfaction, a shleimus within Chisaron. A willingness to be okay in spite of the fact that there is an infinite amount of things that are not okay. That's going to be the secret of Simcha, as we're going to see.
But for Rabbi Nachman, there's no way to come to Simcha unless we go through the detour of sadness. Rabbi Nachman understood the proclivity to sadness in this world. Rabbi Nachman understood how easy it was for a person to fall into sadness. And it's for that reason that Rabbi Nachman proclaimed that it's asur lehit yaish. It's forbidden to lose hope. If Rabbi Nachman didn't know what loss of hope was, if Rabbi Nachman didn't know what sadness was, on his darga, and his own bechina, which we can't be masig, which is impossible to be masig, then he wouldn't have warned us so deeply about sadness. He wouldn't have warned us so deeply about despondency. One of the remarkable, almost miraculous elements about Rabbi Nachman's teachings and the teachings of Rabbi Nassan is that he paved the path for us. He went everywhere. He saw everything. And the last announcement that he had for us was Hevra, be happy. That is the ultimate task of what it means to be a Jew in this world. Find joy where you are. Find joy out of brokenheartedness. Find joy in the wedding canopy that is dug into the mud. Find joy in your descent away from godless and from malchus. Find joy within machlokas. Find joy within the darkness. Rabbi Nachman is not dispelling darkness. Rabbi Nachman is not denying darkness. Rabbi Nachman is speaking to us from the heart of darkness and announcing to us, Hevra, I have carved a path for you down here. I have revealed a way, there is a derech, if you follow me, if you're willing to follow my teachings, and if you're willing to learn all of the other tzaddikim through the lens of my teachings, which means to speak to the heart and not just to the mind, which means to live with a broken heart, then you'll be able to find me menuchos within darkness itself. You'll be able to live like David Malka Mashiach, who's able to say, Gam ki lo irara ki ati imadi. Though I walk through the shadow of death, I shall feel no evil because you are with me, Akadish Baruchu, and Natati Simcha Belibi. Rabbi Nachman understood that in his time the world was dark, and in our times all the more so. And Chaim Maharan in Oz Taf, Rabbi Nachman says as follows. With regards to the way that the world is functioning right now. It's already been like this. Things have already been broken numerous times. That the world was operating in this very same way. That those who are destitute and wrong are the ones who are celebrated in this world. And it's a topsy-turvy world. It's all shook up and mixed up. And the world doesn't appear to be according to a truth. Nevertheless, says Rabbi Nachman, there was one person who found himself resting in a very low place. And he sat there laughing at the world. And through his laughter at the world, through the skok that he made of the world, through that laughter and that happiness that he found within the untruth of this world, he drew down the spiritual potency for that world when each and every person is called the world. Each and every person. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a lot of joy, took a lot of joy at this capacity to laugh at the world, to laugh at what seems to be untrue. And he lived a true life. What we see is that there's a way to live a true life. That when we look at the world and we see that the world is the opposite of what we need it to be. 
that we see that the world, in spite of all of the difficulties, in spite of all of the darkness in the world, a person can laugh at the world, a person can breathe a little bit lighter, a person can take it just a little bit less seriously, a person can act with mile de bedichusa, to laugh at themselves, to not take themselves so seriously, to yearn but not too strongly, to demand but not too harshly, but rather with a satisfaction that rests in the heart to recognize that I am okay no matter what, and I don't need anything to provide me with joy. That is the birthplace of the Sha'ashuim, the joy that we encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the joy that HaKadosh Baruch Hu encounters with us. But again, Rabbi Nachman is not demanding of us to go through the gates of despondency, to go through the gates of pain and sadness, chas v'shalom, because he understood that sadness can kill. There was no greater spiritual difficulty, no greater spiritual threat than sadness and despondency, than a person who felt that they didn't have enough, than a person who felt that they could never have enough, a person who felt that they can never fix themselves. Adarabba, Rabbeinu screamed out very loudly, you can fix yourself in every moment. Rabbi Nachman was able to encounter this despondency, and we all encounter it on a small level. But what we have to learn is the joy in spite of the despondency. That's what Rabbi Nachman was teaching us. Not a need for bitterness, not a need for sadness, chas not a need to chew on maror, not a need to focus on the difficulty, but the need to choose good in spite of it all to choose joy in spite of the propensity and the tendency to sadness. And in fact, Rabbi Nachman says this explicitly to us. In Os Reish Lamed Hay, in Chaya Maharan, Rabbi Nassim records Rabbi Nachman saying as follows, From the revealed aspects of my life, you don't have to learn. That even though, according to the externalization of what you see from me, it would appear to you that most of the time I'm stuck in sadness. You don't have to learn from me with regards to this. Rather to hold on to joy at every single moment in one's life, or rather to choose joy in each and every moment of one's life. Do you imitate everything I do, says Rabbi Nachman? If you imitate everything I do, that's one thing, but to imitate me on my sadness is not what you need to do. Because why? Because in truth, I'm joyous. I'm joyous. But because I'm perpetually trying to pave a path, trying to create a path in Avodah Hashem, the Makom Shahayu Tohu Umidbar Sham Derech, I'm trying to pave paths in the desert. I'm trying to clear away the garbage and the dust that blocks the path. To clear out all of the paths, to cut all of the overgrowth, to open up a clearing in reality. And I need to cut down trees of darkness that have already been growing for thousands and thousands of years. And I have to walk here and there to and fro to clear a path. To cut through and to return and cut through again. So that this path that I'm trying to pave for myself will be a path that everybody could walk down. That everyone will be able to walk down this path. 
But because I'm engaged in all of these activities of trying to clear a path for those of you in the future, for us, for us, when sadness is so realistic, when sadness and despondency and brokenheartedness is such an easy option, Rabbeinu was trying to clear a path for all of us. The Amar Az, and he said then, Shagam Rabbi Shimon This is what Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was Osekin as well. And we know that Rabbi Nachman found in himself a continuity of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, like Luke Timaran opens up with Lichu Chazu Mifalais Hashem, Asher Sham Shamlif Baaretz, the remarkable remez that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was the one who clears the path within forgetfulness, clears the path within the darkness of the mind to open up the possibility of memory. It's specifically the path of Rashbi. Rashbi who finds light within the darkness of the cave. Rashbi who when he emerges out of the cave, the first question he asks is what can I fix here? Rashbi who was aware that things were broken and they needed fixing. Rashbi who goes to that cemetery, that Besakvaros in Tiveria, and he says, what's going on here? And they say, there's a Suffolk Tumas Misa in the world. That Suffolk Tumas Misa is the birthplace of anxiety that we spoke about. That doubtful presence of death is the very nature of the bone crushing anxiety that rests at the heart of all. But Rabbi Shimon comes along and he says, it's Tahor, it's Tahor, Tahir Ir Tiveria. Rashbi comes along and he purifies that space of Tiveria, that place of Rabbi Akiva, that place of the Ramchal, that place of all of the tzaddikim who understood darkness for the sake of light. And Rabbi Nachman is Osik in that same path. He's trying to be Metaher, the world from death. He's trying to cleanse a path for us to find joy in the heart of darkness. And Rabbi Nachman says, and he describes again the value of having a guide, the value of having these books, these tzaddikim to tell us the way. Rabbi Nachman writes as follows, and this is a Torah that we're going to learn in depth, but Rabbi Nachman says, Shamanu mitzadik amiti. We heard from a true tzaddik. Sheh ilu haya omer lo echad. If only there was someone who told him. Whoever it was. When they be, when he began to embark on his path and avodas Hashem, achi, achi, chazak va'achozatzmacha. Strengthen yourself and sturdy yourself. Don't be afraid. This person would have been able to pile further and further into the depths of avodas Hashem. But I haven't heard this from anybody. Therefore, Rabbi Nachman says, if someone wants to enter into the service of Hashem, remember that the Iker is to find Simcha. Strengthen yourself intensely. And do what you are able to do for the sake of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because I promise you, that through all of your efforts, in the end of the day, you will come out on the other side. You will find joy in your life. That's the goal. The goal is to find simcha. The goal is to be koife es atzmo simcha, to compel oneself to simcha. We're going to see in this series of shirim the pathway of simcha that emerges specifically through darkness of sadness. 
because Rabbi Nachman, as much as he speaks to us about the power of simcha, he also warns us about the dangers of sadness. And we're going to see the proclivity towards sadness and that natural tendency towards sadness. But we're going to learn, more importantly, the pathways of breaking out of sadness, of nigun and mile dishtusa and acting like a madman for the sake of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and throwing away our mochin and throwing away our conscious awareness and recognizing that at the end of the day, we can't know anything but this present moment. And in this present moment, I always have the Bechira to choose to find satisfaction or deficiency, to choose to look at it with eyes of wealth, of ashiras, or with eyes of impoverishment. That is the choice that we have. Derech emuna bacharti. I have chosen the path of faith. I have chosen the pathways of emuna. And Ezra Sashem, we're going to see the segula of simcha and the applied proven, time-tested skills of opening oneself up to simcha, whether it be mindfulness or cognitive therapy or acceptance of oneself. All of these teachings are found within the teachings of Rabbi Nachman. All of these teachings are there. What I want to end this introductory shiur with is a tefillah that was written by Rav Avram ben Rav Nachman. Rav Avram ben Rav Nachman, as we spoke about, Dor Revi'i, from Rabbi Nachman, there was Rabbi Nachman, then there was Rabbi Nassan of Nimarov, and then there was Rabbi Nachman Tolchiner, who was a Talmud Mufak of Rabbi Nassan, and then there was Rav Avram ben Rav Nachman, Rav Avram ben Rav Nachman, who wrote the Sefer Bir Halikutim, who wrote a remarkable parish on Lakutim Maharan, who wrote the Chai Klalim for Lakutim Maharan. And in his Sefer Koichle Or, there's a chilek there where he speaks about Sasan Vesimcha. And it's remarkable. This was a tzaddik who wrote so much Torah, but he says, when it comes to joy, I could only write about it tefillah. I could only write about it by way of prayer. And he says as follows, Master of the universe, and this is in Tefillah Dalid, Avisha v'ashamayim, chemdas levavi, the desire of my heart, chiyusi v'ta'anugi ha'nitzri, my vitality and my perpetual and eternal pleasure. It is revealed in front of you all of the difficulties and the struggle that I've been through and the streaming forces of water that pass over me at every single moment, that to the point that there have been numerous times where it has been so difficult for me even to ask about Simcha, even to theoretically conceive of Simcha, because how many times has it been that this life has been bitter, marvimarorly, the bitterness of bitterness, like we spoke about from the Balatanya, to the point that in truth, I can't even refer to it as bitterness because that doesn't capture what it is. Because there is nobody who struggles spiritual like I do. There is no pain like my pain. And my difficulties and my crying out have overcome me and they burden me down to the extent that I can no longer even scream. But nevertheless, nevertheless, that remarkable revolutionary call of Afro Pique, nevertheless, in spite of all of this, I understand how deep your graciousness and your compassion upon me is to give me the ability to move forward and that it is within your hands and your strength right now in this moment to give me chachma, to give me understanding, to give me insight in order to serve you with simcha. 
to give me insight, deep insight from within the double depths of darkness that I am stuck in, in such a way that it should be possible to transform all of my bitterness and all of my sighs and all of the struggle that I go through and that I see in other people, all of it I should be able to transform and flip with the strength of the connection that I have to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to transform all of this darkness into sasam and simcha, to gila, to rina, to ditza v'chedva. Because in truth, the more and more I feel the struggle, the more and more I feel the pain, so too will be the grandeur and the miracle of the connectivity and the joy that emerges out of that darkness to the extent that every element of pain and every struggle and every despondency will be considered as naught in the face of the simcha and the joy that I encounter afterwards, because it is with you that I will find every moment to be passable, and I will praise you in every moment. I praise you and I thank you for you have given me a struggle. Pass me along your ways and you will give me comfort. And he points out that comfort over here is the same language as Nachman, because it's the teachings of Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Nassim and all of the tzaddikim who are makusher to this Nachal Neveim Chachma that give us the ability to find joy within darkness, that give us the ability to dance in spite of the fact that we can't see the music playing. Rabbi Nachman says that you want to understand what my Hasidim are like, my Hasidim are like people who are dancing and singing to a song that nobody else can hear. And because they can't hear that, they look at these people as if they're madmen. They look at these people like they're mishigatim. But in truth, there will come a time where they're able to hear that song and they'll be able to join into that dance of simcha. The Chiddush of Alev Basar, the Chiddush of Rabbi Nachman and the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov and the Torah of the Tzadik HaDoros is that we can taste this simcha even now. We don't have to wait till Olam Haba. We could taste it in Olam Haza, in the Bechina of Elamecha Tera Bechayecha. And Be'ezus Hashem, the Iker goal of these Shirim, which are going to be shorter than usual, is to uncover the pathways and the Eitzos Hanifla'os that Rabbi Nachman gives us to find joy in this world, Be'ezus Hashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.